0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. This welcome. Is, this is a new everybody. podcast. It, it might have been like demon possessed. It was a fairly large, mutated-looking chicken. We were born in the north, but we grew up in the south. We learned all of our words from Pennsylvania, and people are that's toboggan. That little toboggan, it's not there. a toboggan. Okay. Toboggan is a sled. Okay. Yo, point three inches, baby. <laughs> 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 Dude, I can't take it. What episode? Is, what episode is this? One ten. One twelve. We're at one twelve, man. I know. Little two little crazy crack dads, and and what? And, and uh... episode one twelve. <laughs> yes. Um. You said you watched Lord of the Rings recently? I Well, I haven't watched a good solid movie in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've watched things like on Netflix or shows and things like that, but I haven't sat down and watched a movie in a while. Yep. And I just feel like a kid at a candy shop. You're watching The Fellowship? The Fellowship. Are you going through Two Towers and Return of the King? (laughs) Are you going to stop at The Fellowship? I started The Return of the King but I didn't get that far into it. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched Fellowship. Um the build up was huge cuz our parents were like you're going to be scared of Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> and so the build up Not really we were, I I wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, but the build up was big. I thought I wouldn't be. Well, but, no. I did. I don't I, I don't know. I found a copy of the cartoon Lord of the Rings and yeah. we watched that before we watched the the real one so that thing it's kind of scary and very weird it's very like British yeah very British weird but the the design in that one's interesting I think the designs originally came from the book so that's why the crossover between live action and the cartoons probably is pretty consistent you know there's a lot of things that are consistent and but there are some shots I saw this meme speaking of the cartoon Lord of the Rings (laughs) I saw this meme this this week where it showed a couple shots from the cartoons the exact same spots pretty much the same except yeah. live action have you seen that yeah yeah they they were they are pretty similar but well they're not similar but they they took the Peter Jackson I'm sure took some inspiration from the from the cartoon adaptations to uh to tell the this live action story I'm sure so yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's creepy. It's creepy as I'll get out. I mean, didn't Gollum change like the way he looked a few times in those cartoons or were there, I don't know. I versions? didn't watch it very long cause I'm like, this is creepy and weird and I'm going to have nightmares <laughs> as a 23 year old man, kid. I don't know what you described. I'm going to have nightmares because of this. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think they did a great job with the live action Gollum. I don't think it can be improved in any way. So. Oh, Andy Serkis, man, he did. Yeah, the best at Gollum. Yeah, he's so good at everything he does, pretty much. Yeah, just creating characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, him, that Caesar. Um, what else has he done? I mean, he played some live he played, action characters. Uh, yeah, he played, but um, I'm talking about just like characters, characters themselves. What did he do? What else did he do? He did a few. Yeah, he's been in a lot. Anyways, um. Hey, we're glad you're here listening to us. Yeah, or watching us. I'm glad, dude. Last week was I'm awesome. Uh, yes, last, last week, week I was like Alex Ferrari. What, what was last week? Yes. Yeah, that was Alex. an awesome conversation. If you haven't go, if you haven't seen that one, um, I'm sorry. I, f- I feel like I keep her in my. Eye. I feel like I have something in my eye. Yeah, there's a little something hanging off your eyelash. Really? Yeah. Um, if you hadn't seen go last like week, your Hawaii. Yeah, you got it. Okay. If you hadn't seen last week's podcast, we talked with Alex Ferrari. He's in LA. He's a film director. Mm-hmm. Um, he also runs the YouTube channel and the website Indie Film Hustle. Um, he's got a pretty good following there. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of people. He's written two books. It was just a great conversation. It was. We it was didn't really say good. that much, but it was a good conversation. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Are we gonna g- jump into the topic, yeah. and then we can talk about the topic? Why after we yeah. jump into it, basically. Yeah. So, so we teased this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Actually, last several week. weeks ago. Last and week then we, we said teased happening. it again. Last week. Yeah. Um, when we were in Pennsylvania for the hundredth episode, we created a short film. <gasps> mm-hmm. A little secrety, seeksy sneak, sneak. We did a little sneakity, sneak. Yeah. Um, we made a film called Greater Remembering. Greater Remembering. This was <laughs> Which is a, a little title. bit of a bizarre title. I I know you what you based it off of, but uh, what do you, yeah. you want to okay. give more so, context before we actually watch it? Yes, so I based it. It's very if you if you're a fan of Olin Rogers, mm. it's a very similar vibe. But also, um, I kind of also based it off of a little bit of the dry humor that you might see in Monty Python. Yeah. Um, it's debatable if people find it funny. I think we find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I find it hilarious. Okay. And then I think we can, I think we should just watch this it. Is then... my, this is the first comedy that I've done though. Eh, to an extent comedy. Okay, then, well when, done... we, when we were young we did l- yeah. weird comedies, but those really were not funny. This is my- No, I find them hilarious. This You find them hilarious. This is the attempt at truly trying to yeah. be funny for an audience, not just for us and our friends. So the only person that really has read the script, or I mean, a couple people have seen it. At this point, it's been done for Actually, a little no. bit. Well, I tried to get Wyatt to see it, but when I sent it to him, um, it wasn't working. Okay. Well, the so people, the only people who've it. read the script is us and the Go Yes. Um, because they just wanted to critique it. You just wanted to get their opinion. Yes. And the fr- they didn't have any notes. No notes. No notes. No notes. That's not a good critique. Nah. It doesn't matter how good it is. Friggin give notes. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like <laughs> you're backing up against me who always has something to say. Maybe, but still a first draft of mm-hmm. a script, which it was it was my second draft, yeah. but the first draft I'm getting for someone else to look at shouldn't be approved, yeah. which by the peers that I chose you know, got approved. Um, And I heard this because of, Research for last ep- last week's episode with uh, Alex Ferrari. Mm-hmm. There's a website you can go. I'm pretty sure it's free. Pretty you're pretty sh- sure it's free. Pretty sure it's free. <laughs> you, but you, you can combine, go. You're like I'm <laughs> Pretty sure it's free. Um, you can go and submit script ideas. Mm-hmm. And people proofread it and get you back, get back to you on their opinion and what basically give you critique it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should look into that. Mm. Like some professional people, too, that like live in uh, LA. Not saying LA is professional, really? but yeah. Well, LA is where a lot of professionals are, but there are a lot of people in LA, yeah. So, but there's also not a lot of professionals. Let's go ahead and watch this, uh, yeah, film the Greater um, Remembering. Greater Remembering. So, do I have any bats in my cave? No, okay, no, okay. no. it just feels like I do. You're gonna leave that in, aren't you? Yes, no, <laughs> The, my blood's been pumping like crazy, man. Oh yeah. Let before we watch this, can we just not give any points? But <laughs> we're really, teasing them too much. Really quickly, talk about uh, sober October. Sober October. Not give any points. World That's for the midnight recap. special this coming. Well, you'll hear it before this because we recorded this before that. But yes, but that also this. this. This is be, you'll you'll still hear the recap in the coming midnight special for yeah. this one as well. So, as of recording this, you weren't on last week's. Midnight special. That's right. So you, we do not Two know weeks your ago. points really. You could yeah. be really far ahead. You could be really far behind. Don't you get your could, hopes up. <laughs> um, be right in the middle, which is probably where you're at. Right in the middle. <laughs> right that's, in the middle. I, yep. This turtle, um, <laughs> the turtle that's naked and is running through the streets. Is that what you've been doing, dude? This la this last week. Yeah, we're coming up on the last week. Oh, we are definitely. Dude, we got. That's a- gonna be a tough one for you. Why? Cause I'm probably gonna drop some. Uh, well, tor- towards some. the end of the week, wanna, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. I'm gonna tell you like how much I did that day. You did a dirty thing to me when I was on a yeah. shoot this weekend. I went on see, a I'm weekend. People too. On a weekend, I gotta, cannot hardly work out at all because mm-hmm. I'm working all day. I'm staying with someone. I don't have access to a gym. I'm not gonna go running around the neighborhood at night by myself. Well, you were you had. Sunday. Basically do what you needed to. No, I was in the car all day Sunday. I thought you came back pretty early. No, I I got back at like, what time did I get back? Like six o'clock. Chew. And I hadn't seen Kenzie all weekend. Yeah. So I'm, I got screwed. But well, Joshua called me and said, people. he's like, guess what I did after a long day of me filming a long day from mm-hmm. nine to about seven in the evening, mm-hmm. we didn't, Joshua calls me. Work doesn't get, if you get paid for it. it does I count. know, but Joshua called me and said, guess what I did? I just put in 300 points in one session. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I went to the gym. I got up in, the, or I've gotten, I work a job that I have to get up pretty early in the morning. So on the weekends, I sleep some, but I get up decently early because my body's used to it. Mm-hmm. I got up at eight, went to the gym at eight, went to the gym, worked out, for till about 10 mm-hmm. like hard stuff and then at 10 I went over to this park we have here in Virginia Beach called Mount Trashmore yes and just walked walked <laughs> I mean I was there for two hours I think I don't you, know so exactly but I know hours. the points I haven't wrote down but it was I have probably like, a fun walk it was nice to be outside like that probably I actually no. I was just tired exhausted to be honest I went back and just slept the rest of the day <laughs> wait that's how you got your 300 points you just walked no, I did. I did some <laughs> stuff like, at the gym too for okay, about two hours gotcha. before I went walking. Gotcha. Um, but that's what I did. About three hundred points on Saturday, <laughs> and that's only Saturday. Oh well, whatever. Okay, let's get let's get into this. Let's get into this film. Gonna, this not, short film. People are going to even watch. if you beat me in sober October, it's not going to be by much. Okay. Okay. I promise you that. Please enjoy this microfilm with me and Joshua. We filmed it. Well, we'll talk about that after. Enjoy greater remembering. believe this to be the location. How do you believe it to be? It resembles perfectly the illustration Old Man Gimbles entrusted to us. Do you believe it to be true? I do believe it to be true, after gazing upon this very sight with mine own eyes. What had Old Man Gimbles given us to search for next? I do believe he instructed us to keep our eyes appeal for the wandering mammoth. For it is on the back of that beast we shall ride. Ride? Indeed, for on the back of this beast we shall ride. To what end shall we ride the beast. When we reach the end of this ride, we shall come upon the city of greater remembering. I do not recall Old Man Gimbal's mentioning this city of greater remembering. Hence the need for us to arrive there so we may have greater remembering. Ah, yes, I do believe I remember now. May I inquire as to why our swords are drawn if we intend to ride the beast and not slay it? On the chance we encounter foe. Had old men Gimbles given us instruction on potential foe? Nay, yet for the sake of appearance and for the need of making the damsel swoon have we drawn our swords. Indeed. Indeed. Have we a plan on the chance we encounter foe? We shall slay with our swords. So the purpose of our swords drawn is indeed greater than the appearance, and for the need of making the damsel swoon. Indeed. Do you believe this to be foe? I do not believe this to be foe, but rather the mammoth beast we search for. I must warn you, Old Man Gimbles told a tale of this wandering beast. He warned not to marvel too greatly at the beast, but rather ride it straight away. For if we marvel a moment too lengthy, it will pass us by and can never be found again. Indeed, I do not recall this tale Old Man Gimbles recounted. Hence, the great need for us to not marvel too lengthy at the beast, so we may ride its back to the city of greater remembrance. For once we arrive to the city, we shall indeed have greater remembering. Indeed. Behold, the beast! Ever in all your days had such a majestic marvel. I do not remember marveling at a thing so majestic in all of my days. I can hardly contain my enthusiasm to get to the city so we may remember this marvel for the rest of our days. Indeed. In all my days, of all the moments to remember, This moment of marveling has been the greatest moment I shall ever have the privilege to remember. Hmm, it seems we have marveled far too long. Perhaps there are some tracks that we can follow. Yes, and if we follow those tracks, it may lead us to the city. Indeed, they may just lead us. Shall we draw our swords for the need of appearance and for the swooning of the damsel? Yes, and of course, in the case of both. This is, or no, it's technically not, I was going to say. This is a premiere of the first channel, the episode channel. It's not really the premiere, but uh, it's the first video that we're, we are putting up there that we're talking about. Yeah. Hey, hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Man. Um. Okay. First off, you're you're a lot taller than me, and people yeah. probably didn't realize that until they saw that video. <laughs> I am. Um, I will say, we're a bunch of goofballs, man. Yeah, especially that if, day. I don't want to bring up anything negative, but I just say this right off the bat: I I didn't play the character like I should have. I'm not throwing myself <laughs> negatively out there. Yeah, I am. Okay, let's drop <laughs> it. Let's. Uh, yeah um let's get all bang. the negatives out there there are a few out of focus shots yeah. and it's because it was me and joshua and that was it and we are setting up the camera on a tripod yeah. and going with it so um, you try it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay uh i'm just curious because i wasn't part of the writing process it was the need of swooning of the damsels does no. that have anything to do with my uh a beautiful dames yes okay for sure well let's okay. throw a little context in there because i don't say this on the podcast as much as a joking thing if anybody any beautiful dames out there <laughs> hear this and find a an offense, it's a joke okay i would say the same thing if what's offensive about saying a beautiful dame i don't know call j- them a beautiful people can find that offense <laughs> but i jokingly say you beautiful say beautiful, dame. beautiful dames a lot beautiful dame like a hey, Look Let's go man. to a coffee shop and try to pick up some beautiful, beautiful dames. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Although we don't do that because uh, you know, you're married. Yes. Um <laughs> Okay. So you you had the thought beautiful dames, plus you wanted to throw some Monty Python mm-hmm. and Olin Rogers kind of mixed up into a bottle of a soup. Yeah, and, and then called it Greater Remembering. Yeah, and we also were at the Camp Maranatha. Also, this script was kind of uh exploratory for me. So I didn't really know how it was going to end. <laughs> I just started yeah. writing and then I ended with that. So if it feels like it goes downhill, uphill, whatever, it was literally I was experiencing the story yeah. as I was writing it. So think of it what you will. And like I already said, it's kind of a fir- it was a first draft. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. The biggest part that was just it's the funniest part for me in context of watching it is the hug i don't know and you didn't catch this as much but when we recorded it the hug was like do you remember that hug Mm -hmm. when we were recording it was so like i don't know how to describe the hug it was just so funny we just (laughs) definitely got into it there was a part where like I put my head on your shoulder and was like (laughs) and like really tearing up but you could kind of cut that part out which helped the story I'm not saying that it was bad but it was funny I was trying to get the flow yeah there's um yeah that I thought the hug there's obviously a few differences uh, whenever you go out to film something you're gonna change um You're pretty much gonna. There's gonna be things in the script that you think are important, and then you end up changing them, Mm. and no one knows that you changed it. For example, is it okay if I give this example? Yeah. But location change. I don't know what you're gonna say, but. Well, I was just gonna say the original script was at a canyon. Oh. Because we were gonna film at icy caves, and when when we got there, yeah, when we got there, we decided not to film there, Mm. and so we were just gonna do it at the camp, and then we were gonna use like the canyon was supposed to be the landmark but we decided to use a big funny looking rock instead things like that so it changed a little bit but it still works yeah i i like it better at maranatha because now people are going to know that's maranatha and they're going to know that rock that's very memorable rock for a lot of people so and the people who don't know it just looks like the wilderness yeah i that's That is actually blah, blah, blah. I don't know <laughs> I just was stumbling over myself a lot. Um, that's actually the Rock Josh Goforth we talked about. Oh, yeah, in a special. special. That's the Rock Josh that he Goforth was trying to push off, pushed someone off of which Karina called me and told me the story straight. Oh, for real? Yeah. What was the story? Um, give us a real recap. She quickly. was up there on the rock when he pushed, and she was the one that went and tattled on him. <laughs> that does sound like Karina <laughs> and our sister. Yeah, and then she's like, when he was little, he was a brat. But the thing is, you know with Josh Goforth, if you listen to this, you're a brat. <laughs> i no you're not. You're a brat. That's what uh, she said. Anywho, um, yeah, we, uh, we filmed this with a Black Magic to get into the technicals. Yeah. Um, a Black Magic production camera. You can buy them online. Uh, not the Black Magic website. Yeah, but we shot it in 4K. Although you didn't just watch it on the podcast here in 4K, it will be in 4K available on the, WiseWorks Entertainment yeah. YouTube channel. We so can you can watch it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just search WiseWorks Entertainment. Um, if you're confused, this is going to be the only time I'm ever going to clear this up. All mm-hmm. right, because I think we talked about it, but I'm going to clear it up. Yeah this channel, the podcast channel, used to be called Wise Works Entertainment. Mm. We changed it because we wanted it to be the podcast. We had already done a bunch of episodes on here, so we changed it, made a new channel called Wise Works Entertainment with the intention of putting stuff like this, excuse me, solely on it. Yeah, and there's like a color scheme. The mm. entertainment, when it comes to films, is gold. Yeah. Um, which I really like that color scheme, the gold mm-hmm. look, gold accents, nice. which is which is interesting. It's kind of the the gold accents is is literally the the my first inspiration of the yeah. logo when um uh, back in two thousand fourteen. I wanted it to have gold accents. I wanted it to be something that we could put like on a medallion. You know what I mean? Man. That's what I was. That's That'd what be I cool. envisioned. And so um so the gold accents that's here to stay for sure. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. I like the new look. Yeah, How it looks it. nice. But yeah, so go check it out on that channel if you want to re-watch it in 4K. <laughs> That'll be pretty nice. Pull it up on a 4K TV. It's not going to look that much different. But it, you'll get a good laugh out of it. Go watch get it over laugh. and over again. <laughs> like I said in previous episode. If we think back to that morning, um, first off, yeah. my hair is shorter now. Than it was. Oh, I got a, a, lot, I got a you know? haircut shortly after. My hair's different too. I shave the sides, makes it more. Yeah, as, there's a guy. At my but my work, hair's crazy in that film. My, my hair's not. That guy at my work, he always says this when I shave the sides of my head. He's like, "Oh, you're trying to be more aerodynamic, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my my hair is kind of crazy in that. Yeah. Your hair is kind of just there. Yeah, it's just there. But my hair is just like, it wouldn't stop. I was just trying to get it to be straight i was just trying to get it to just sit there but it didn't you'll watch it and notice you got pieces flying around and whatnot um what time did we start filming in the morning because we, we camped in a tent then we got up started putting on our outfit we started by eight and didn't start filming maybe till 9 30 10 yeah and then we finished 12 maybe a little before yeah well there's um no, we we filmed. We I mean I think we finished at like eleven. Okay, well it was pretty sure maybe seven thirty to eleven. Then it was a significant amount of time. I do remember uh, us it taking longer than I th- had thought. Yeah, and I I don't know what it was. Maybe just I planned more shots than I thought I had. But um, that it, it also took a while for us to get ready. We had those outfits, you know those outfits. I was. <laughs> the week of the trip, I went to um, a thrift store and I also went to Walmart and got these sheets. You're with me. Mm. And I was just like sewing by hand to try to get them fitted enough to look like what they did in the film. And they they look good on film, I think, Mm. but like in person, they just really just kind of, they were not great. Yeah. They they were a little bit they were thrown together. I'm not a textile yeah. artist. But uh what well, what well, what are some of your thoughts that you had? Like what were some fond memories or or even just maybe tips that you've noticed that you'd be like want to discuss or talk about? Well, I I haven't done a ton of acting and you can tell my characters a little bit the secondary character and on purpose because I haven't done a ton of acting for the films we've done because mm-hmm. I'm not great at it, but I would like to get better at it. I'll give myself that. <laughs> I would like to get better at it. You um, tend to lean into the goofy whenever you get on camera. I, you do yeah. like the weird facial expressions. Like you're like, hmm, hmm. Well, that's what I was playing though. <laughs> that's what I was playing. <laughs> yeah, but you've done that in the past. Um, well, You threw my train of thought off. Sorry, okay. you wanna get um, into acting. Something that I learned in myself uh, there's a lot of dialogue that was very old English, like the greater, like for the da- swooning of the damsels and the um, great uh, to find this beast or something like this. Well, Just- okay, there, there are there are lines that go like for us to indeed find the city or yeah. something, and these so, little words that I threw in to make it sound funnier, and the flow is all off yeah. for what we normally would talk, you know. But, I mean, I realize me seeing and reading it myself, the script, has helped me helped me get in my head better really? as an actor. I know So at the beginning you were trying to tell me the dialogue as we were recording and I'm like, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I had to actually like physically look at it and I think I'm just more of a visual person and getting the dialogue that way yeah. more. See, I, I think anyone can get fed lines and they can do it. Maybe yeah. that's true though. Maybe some people are just prone to different things. I know if I was being fed dialogue, I'm a lot better than like trying to look at it. Um, because then I can I I I think when I look at it, I I visualize it as words. And what I want to do is I want to visualize it as a as a thing, this character would say. And although that sounds simple and a little weird, it's a very real thing. Because I don't I don't want to just speak the words. I want to think about how am I doing my voice? Like, What's my facial expression when I'm saying this? So you break all that down and you think, okay, what am I, first off, it's this thing I have to say. Then you build on that. What's the important inflections that in this moment for this character, he might do? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like how are, you, how are you looking at the other character? You know what I mean? Yeah. These kind of things, this is what's going to help Me, as I continue to probably do things like this, even though I do prefer just to direct films, these are fun to do also, to be on camera and to just kind of act your own vision. That's probably why Adam Sandler does it a lot. Yeah, he definitely is in all his movies. (laughs) But he It's almost like he's selfish. It's like he doesn't want anyone to play his characters but him. No, I think he just writes his characters for himself because if you especially the newest film he has that came out on Netflix with the Halloween one. Mm -hmm. His character is very based off of his stand-up routine. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and watch his stand-up, he has like these voices he does. Yeah, And so he writes most of the scripts based off like old stand-up and just how people know Adam Sandler. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. You know, I never thought of Adam Sandler as a stand-up. But he is. But he is. That's his first thing, how he got started. Yeah. I think it's because he got too famous. Mm -hmm. And 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 most people do know him from the the movies. Mm -hmm. When I think of a stand up, I'm thinking of people that just basically do stand up. Yeah. They have like specials that are coming out currently, I guess. And then, and like little thing, like actual narrative stories, you don't see a lot of comedians in. Yeah. and so I think it's hard i I just didn't I don't ever think of him as a stand-up comedian but obviously definitely a film comedian but he is a stand-up I uh one thing that's really challenging mm-hmm. when we're when making this this film is some of the things is not challenging like setting up a camera on a tripod and getting the focus is not not challenging but when you're like setting it up and we both have to be in the, the yeah. shot okay. I I know where you're going with this. This is kind of leads into a question I was thinking of. Okay, what do you prefer if you could do anything and give the responsibility of something else to mm-hmm. someone else? Who would you? What responsibility would you give out? What would you do yourself if you could do? If you could have an unlimited amount of people to do the really? job? Yeah, unlimited amount of people. Well, first I would have a whole crew. I don't know if they do this in real Hollywood. I doubt it but i've always really liked the idea of breaking up the lighting especially if you're filming indoors because the thing is like i i have this uh based on my limited experience but i have worked with a crew of about well more more than this but actual films that were mine that i directed i've worked about with five people in a crew right yeah five to eight maybe i i can't remember exactly yeah, and, and then multiple actors most of the yeah yeah just and random then, odd jobs. <laughs> yeah and then multiple actors there so um in that experience if i were to give things away the first thing i'm giving away is audio but it's hard for me to do that because i although audio is it's hard for you to let go of the responsibility of getting clean audio okay. yes because not many people the thing is audio is so simple to record but the thing is you have to be, you have to pay attention because say the shotgun mic we use, a shotgun, I've said this in multiple videos, out in front of you pointing at your chest, right? Yeah. That's gonna be the best way to get your audio. You just hand it off to someone, you say, all right, point it up in the air, point it out in front of him. After like five, maybe three minutes, it's gonna be pointing at the top of their head and that's gonna make your audio sound like this. Mm-hmm. And if I get in the editing room, and my audio sounds like this. You're going to be like, I'm going to be pissed. Because <laughs> that audio guy. And I'm going to be pissed at myself and everybody involved because yeah. I was like, I told him how to do it. So if I could give that away to someone who's professional and knew how to do it well and I trusted them, which all, all you have to do is be like, I know how to do it and show me. You know what I mean? Without me having to tell you anything and I trust you right away because I know you've had experience. But that's hard to let go but I would love to let that go because yeah. I hate figuring out audio on set um i really enjoy some of the dp's responsibilities like i enjoy the visual side of it but there are some things i don't like when it gets down to the tedious it's like okay let's get a close-up of this this little action that we're going to show for like a split second you know those kind of things um those don't really make me excited do you feel more comfortable when you have a dp but you're you're kind of working with the dp yeah. like we did on yeah the hike, I think. Yes. If I can have a director of photography there who I can talk to them through the shots and they're kind of responsible for getting the shots and yeah. all I have to do is kind of troubleshoot things that come up and then be able to work closely with the actors mm. I, and pay attention to the actor's performance. Because when you're behind a camera, a lot of times yeah. you're like, yeah, this shot's looking nice. Or maybe you're trying to struggle through something. You're like, okay, we're, we've we got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. you just got the shot, but you didn't really pay that close of attention to the actors or the performance. Then you get in there and see and be like, Oh, well, this scene is kind of a downer compared to other scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause the performance was slightly off and, and, you know, the thing is with filmmaking, which I, there's something that was said last week that I, I want to bring up, but that's not really this topic. I'm just saying that. So I remember, but, the thing about filmmaking is like, there's a lot of moving parts and there are a lot of things that are out of your control. For example, if someone has had a hard week or someone has, is having a hard day, especially an actor or someone on the crew or whatever, that kind of, you can get the vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like an office space or even, you know, retail or any of these common jobs that you just show up and it doesn't really matter yeah, what other people so feel like or think. There's so much emotion, and you have to you have to film. work so much. And people that are in charge, like the DP or the director or you know the assistant director, these people that are going around communicating the things that need to be done. Um, when you and they have to communicate a lot, you know, because it's not like a super formatted thing. Every day of production is going to look different. Mm-hmm. And so when you're communicating constantly, if someone's having an off day, well, that affects everybody because communication is so important. Then if you get an actor who's having an off day and they can't really, like they're not bringing a lot of emotion or they're not really feeling it, they're just trying to get through the scene, that's a little bit of a bummer, you know? So because of that, it's it's hard to, it's hard to, when you when you've done it enough times that you kind of have a, a, a grasp of, I have this much control and I know the product will be like this as long as I hold on to this control. Yeah. It's hard to let go of some of that control to see if it can turn out to something that's better than what could have been because you were holding on. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, and I've done that a few times with certain production days. So even when you watch Dying of the Leaves, you'll notice some production days are or some scenes are really good Those were days that I was feeling kind of like I'm going to let go of certain control aspects and see if it turns into something good. Other days, and it did, and other days I'd let go a little bit and then I got burned a little bit Hmm. and then I was like, oh, I'm taking it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's a weird dynamic and I'm still working on that aspect of things. Yeah. Because I don't pay people right now. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, especially with our actors and getting good actors acting in a film is you have to have good actors that their sole purpose and their only thing to be there is they are as comfortable as they can until they're acting and then they're acting and putting everything they can into that acting and then they go back to not doing yes. anything yes so a lot of people i mean if you have any kind of stigma against actors in any way yeah think about this So, not only is the director important, but actors come into set, they're the ones on screen, they're the Mm -hmm. ones that, if it's a big film, millions of people are gonna watch, Yeah, right? If if their acting sucks, then people are just gonna come away being like, the acting in that movie sucked, you know what I mean? And then, on the next film, people aren't gonna take you seriously because that director allowed their actors to have bad acting, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, and then the people in the crew aren't going to be hired back for another film because there isn't another film because the first one's acting sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about that. Sometimes people are like, oh, actors are such divas. Actors are the selling point. They are. And so if that means an actor wants to show up a few minutes late, or if that means an actor wants to be a little bit of a diva or let some emotions out on someone, yeah, Be kind to the person that the actor might have exploded on. And you shouldn't, actors shouldn't be treating people poorly. But if there's like a moment that's just they're frustrated, just let it slide and understand they have a lot of pressure because it's their face on the product, you know? Yeah. In the credits, no one's looking to see who is the production assistant. Nobody even looks to see who is the DP. You know what I mean? And that's a pretty important job. People like us. People like us, but... Mm -hmm. But most yeah. people don't, they're not even looking. How many people, you have a full theater, the end of a film, how many people are sitting there through the credits, The at the most? A full theater of like 200 a, people? A bunch of nerds. <laughs> There's like four or five people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knows the feeling, the theater empties. If you're the, one of the people that leave the theater, which if you're in the majority, you are, just sit around after a movie, if you ever can go back to movies. <laughs> you know, they're actually doing a thing they're trying to like big places like amc mm-hmm. they're renting out theaters for a hundred dollars really yeah we should do that we should play one of our films that'd be awesome mm-hmm. well but the thing is we'd spend a hundred dollars and we would make like nothing yeah mm-hmm. essentially because they would be getting the profit off of anything but i don't know if it's so being okay. able to play thing whatever you want, or if it's just like renting out a theater for a hundred dollars to watch like a Marvel movie, you know? Oh, so they like okay, that makes sense. Like a like you want like to have a movie party night? Yeah, you can just rent it for a hundred dollars. That makes sense. I guess okay. Well, I know theaters are opening back up in certain places. Something I kind of missed that he said last week that he kind of skipped over was that Regal is being sold. And I, I, when I was re-listening to the podcast or I was editing it or something, I noticed he said that. But then I also heard this week that Regal is shutting down. So does that mean they're shutting down and being sold? They're no longer Regal? Because I got, this past week, know. I've got two conflicting things. Um, I mean, they might have been bought out and then that whoever bought them out are just kind of shutting them down. Or they bought a and are changing the name and people are saying Regal is shutting down because yeah. it's no longer Regal. I mean, it's it's kind of like... It, Maybe Regal's just folding and it's turning into something else. It probably is, to be honest. I mean, I've said this from the beginning. We have things like streaming services now. People aren't going to go to movie theaters and COVID and everything is changing the dynamic with movies so much mm. that it... It's sad, it's very sad for someone who loves going to the theater and watching something, but I don't think the in the future we're gonna go to the theater like we used to. I think when we were in high school, we would just go to the theater. I know I think those days are done. We're all men now. I'm glad we got to have those days, yeah, before they were gone. Our kids won't have them. I don't think they will no, oh man we're gonna everyone's gonna have to have home theaters. Maybe live, maybe maybe when COVID goes past, this is something that I think a lot of people are going to start doing. Something me and you have talked about. We yeah. need to actually do it, especially when COVID stops. We need to have like, if we start producing like micro films like this, or even short films, or kind of longer short films, or get friends who make films and stuff and want to feature it. We do like collaborations, do live shows. We'll do like a live podcast somewhere. Yeah, and then. Sh- Like, after the podcast, like a 40-minute podcast, Mm -hmm. we'll show a couple short films, make it a full event. We could put, like, on a light show and stuff to make it a more interesting experience. Yeah. So maybe we don't have theaters, but we still have live showings of films. You know what I mean? I like that. I like that. Traveling. Yeah. Traveling show. The only thing is we we have to be able to give up the time to do it. Well, we need you to spread the word yeah (laughs) do a little missionary work for this podcast and uh and then we'll eventually if once we get to a certain amount we can possibly start getting some monetization start getting a little bit of donations start being able to have time to make a product that we can sell and then uh and then from there hopefully it's yeah just scale up (laughs) the um okay first off yeah. There's a bummer. Cause I I would love to do like short films like these and have one every week. That took you a while to edit. It everything. took me a while to edit. It didn't take me as long as Dying of the Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Dying of the Leaves took me like a full year, man. Uh with some breaks. You took some breaks. I took some big breaks, yes. I would love to do films like these. Every year. And I would love to do a Halloween one. However, when this podcast is coming out, we are late. Yeah. This is the Halloween one. This is... No. Is it? Yeah. This is the Halloween one? Basically. We should... Greater remembering for the Halloween episode. And then after that, it's the end of Sober October. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can do... Okay, next year, we're definitely doing a big horror, super scary film for halloween okay even it has to be like 10 minutes long super scary we're gonna start working on a script but we also have a number of other cool things for next year yeah, that we're gonna so get much jump that on we put on our plates and be like we there's do so much this. in our heads that's the thing there's so much in our heads and there's limited time we need to and we already committed to making this podcast like every stick week a funnel and get all that stuff out somehow Stick funnel in the brain. Wait, get it out so you don't have it, or get it out to get it made. Get it out to get it made. Yeah. Find some way, find find a funnel to be able to funnel out the good stuff and yeet the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeet the bad stuff. <laughs> ah, eating the bad stuff, man. Is there? Freaking, there's bad stuff. I mean, there's there's things. bad stuff. But when when you start getting excited about an idea, it's hard to yeet it. Mm-hmm. You gotta freaking you wanna hold on to it for a while longer to make sure it's not a good idea. <laughs> um oh, I had a thought. Oh. So last week Alex was talking about how filmmakers are abused. Yeah. Um and that the film world is not the place to make a lot of money. And I was meditating on that. I was like, well, there's a lot of money in the film world. And then I was thinking, I think there's a lot of money in the entertainment world. When you, you're saying film, I think that's a very yee. Uh, <laughs> Why group keep of, you yee? <laughs> of, uh, of entertainment when it comes to like film. Okay. When I was thinking about it, yeah. the studios are set up To basically make, basically do nothing except throw money around, give stupid opinions about things, and make a bunch of money after. They are pretty much in the risk business, where they invest and hope they get a big return. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all like studios do, kind of, because at this point, they're because they they're the cre- actual creative work like the labor to get the products made they're outsourcing directors and people mm-hmm. um and they're like oh this directors are working on the next Disney Star Wars film yeah but that that director has worked for Warner Brothers New Line Cinema he's worked for who knows i don't know what's uh what's <laughs> what's uh i forgot his name the Netflix guy <laughs> Adam Sandler. What's his company called? um, uh, It's the old dude. He's playing golf. It's like, all right, (laughs) or something. You know. Yes. All right. (laughs) Okay. Either way, directors work for multiple studios. They're not Mm. loyal to one studio. But the thing is, the studios hire these creative people. Yeah. Directors can make good money. But they're not making millions of dollars off of a film that they put all the work in to have the creative vision for and ultimately produce. How much money do you think Peter Jackson made off the Lord of the Rings? Let's look it up. Or I, he probably made more on the Hobbits because they knew Lord of the Rings were popular. Yeah, but I don't know. Lord of the Rings made money for a long time, for a long time. Yeah, but that's I only mean they're if still making money, like royalty or whatever you call it in the back end in his contract saying he would make money off the film not just like a flat fee up front you know mm-hmm. he had to have some sort of deal in the franchise itself but yeah he probably made a lot I mean Peter Jackson has made multiple things before Lord of the Rings too so I mean like King Kong he has ooh how much did he make whoa whoa Okay, well, Peter Jackson has made a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lord of the Rings trilogy earned this is what Google says, top result yeah um, four billion where Jackson himself earned 180 million. That's between all the films though. that's all three. For King Kong, it earned 600 million and he made 20 million of that. okay. Um, In a way, especially... Okay, Peter Jackson... uh, I think there was also an aspect of him being... I think... I can't remember if he was an executive producer on Lord of the Rings. I know he was a producer and the director. Um, He was a number of things on Lord of the Rings. Executive producer just means you're involved with either giving of your services for... Low pay or not at all pay, in hopes that you will get back end residuals that are so much worth so much more. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you would be an executive producer, or you just give a bunch of money to the film, and so you're helping funding it, but you're an individual, so that makes you an executive producer. Um, but that doesn't mean you're actually doing anything. You know what I mean? I don't know if he was, but he he seemed to make a lot of money off of the total off of the end result of the films i imagine he probably did um but pretty much the way hollywood's set up though is not all directors are like peter jackson making successful films and getting a bunch of money but there are like the smaller films that'll make a few million make Mm -hmm. like 20 million bucks you know Mm -hmm. what i mean the directors aren't seeing much money of that no the crew's not seeing hardly anything they've only seen their day wage you know what i mean yeah The actors, the the, the way it's set up is a few actors... Get residual. No, maybe become stars, and then they start making good money. The studios are set up to be the ones who make pretty much all the money. And it's not necessarily a bad thing if they invested everything, but the way... The, but the thing is the way the world is going right now and the way the industry is going based on even the conversation we had last week yeah and that i've had with other people i really don't think the world's going to the industry's going to look like it is now or has going to look like it is at all i think the individuals are going to be supported more than studios well, i think studios I mean, heard, is a dying breed yeah and i've heard i know the words YouTuber for traditional actors still there's people that are don't like the words YouTuber. Yeah, but if you so if you put the word YouTuber up against a traditional actor, mm-hmm. the YouTuber is going to make a ton more money than the traditional actor. Why is that? I mean, I'm talking about the the big ones. It depends if you're a small YouTuber, no. But I'm yeah. saying like. Okay, let's say you had this product, um, not like a film, just a product, and you said, okay, an actor, go sell this product, get people to buy it. Then you tell the YouTuber to go buy it. Who do you think is going to sell the product more? Mm, Probably the YouTuber. Yeah, because people don't want to see actors do stuff like that. Okay, the crossover, the difference... And this is I would even they they I wouldn't even say they're more YouTubers than they are uh and then why actors but actors reality T V people like the Kardashians, yeah. They're the ultimate sellers of stuff. Why do you think? why do they put actors in commercials then? Like the Dorito commercial for Super Bowl. I think it's because it's an old idea. So it started like back in the John Wayne John Wayne? John Wayne. John Wayne days where they're like, We trust this man from texas and we see him on our on our you know tv boxes yeah in our living rooms on thursday nights you know and we trust this man and so if he tells us to go buy doritos from our local you know but it's the mini same Mart, thing YouTuber, you watch a youtube video and someone says go buy this product it's because i think uh, th- this is a weird controversy you're opening a can of worms yeah i have a lot of thoughts on I it's it's because it's, it goes back to that original thing. We know not to trust actors. We've gone through them so long. There's so much exposure. There's so much in the news. There's so much of these hit pieces out. We yeah. know actors aren't the characters they are. Back in the old days when we didn't have any connection to actors except for what we saw on their shows and their movies and stuff, we thought that Lucille Ball was actually the I Love Lucy version of the herself. You yeah. know what I mean? We thought that was her, but it wasn't. You know, Mm -hmm. just like recently we think, you know, Ellen is this super nice person Mm -hmm. nonstop. And then this comes out that she's like kind of mean at times (laughs) and we're, we're freaking out. But Ellen, like I said, reality show, we think that people like Ellen are being authentic. We think YouTubers are being authentic. Some YouTubers are authentic, like Olin Rogers. Like we try to be, which seems weird because people say they're authentic and they're lying. And I, I wouldn't wanna lie, yeah. but people can still lie. You know what I mean? So we're we're still in the mindset, especially younger people, still in the mindset of like, oh, my YouTuber's authentic. You know? Mm-hmm. So you, you yeah. trust them. They say buy a product, we're gonna trust them and we're gonna buy the product. If a movie star says buy a product, we're gonna be like, mm, do you actually use this product? You're getting paid to be on a commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... The actor has been in I mean, our... it really depends. I mean, someone like, and I know this is, this is a special circumstance because he he's a lot more well-known than just an actor, but a person like Kevin Hart, he makes so much money on... He's like a stand-up first, though. He's yeah. a lot of things today. Yeah. But he was first a stand-up. But he's still a character... But he's more Kevin Hart in the what public eye than Dwayne? he is. Or the Rock, at... then? He's the same way. He makes a lot of money off things. But the thing is, if Dwayne told me to go buy something, I wouldn't. Why?
1: I but don't. He tells people to buy stuff Olen all the Rogers? time.
0: Yes. Why? Because there there I are certain is, things, for you personally, though, that's different for everybody. Okay, but there are certain things that you have to look at their character. I'm not saying The Rock is a bad person, I'm sure he's an amazing person, but we haven't had similar life experiences and he's may have had a rough past, but his past doesn't look like my past. Mm-hmm. So I don't come to him and say, I mean he was a wrestler for entertainment and then he got into acting yeah, and now he's like a big personality, you know what I mean? Along with being an actor. And he plays in blockbuster films. I look at someone like Olin Rogers. I see a little bit of myself in him. You know what I mean? I see that he didn't put ads on his videos for years because he cared more about, you know, the connection of the films and the videos to his to his audience than making these weird Google money. You know what I mean? Yeah. This weird Google money. I, I think it's such a can of worms and in- I think your mindset is different, though, because you grew up watching YouTubers and not seeing actors as much. But I yeah, think it's I just suppose. it's different. I don't know how to judge this by not just taking personal things in, into account. The actors, there's a huge wall. Yeah. With actors. How do we in get today's this world? We went down know. a rabbit hole. It doesn't matter. Rabbit With actors, there's a huge wall. That's burying us between them because the actor world has been in effect for, I think, over a hundred years. Yeah. How long has the TV been in existence? Not a hundred years, but a while. Whatever. Almost a hundred, if not a hundred. Because of that, we figured out actors. We understand their vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same with musicians. We know their concerts are going to be awesome. We know them in person could be awesome, could be not. You know what I mean? We know certain things about certain people cuz we kind of under we've been around it enough to understand the world. We've exposed ourselves to enough information. YouTubers is a new thing. It's like they have this weird ghost following that makes them famous, but also they're still kind of a normal person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we could run into them on the street and they're driving a I don't know, a Chevy you know, they're driving a normal person car. They're not driving like a a super new BMW or whatever well, is fancy think, these days. I think you have a stigmatism when you think of the actor though. Because I'm that's sure I everybody. do everyone has biases. Yeah. But I also just got through going on a rant and saying you have to know that actors have a lot of pressure. Yeah. I have a soft place in my heart for actors. Yeah, we should go back to the topic <laughs> and we we went on a big uh loop. It doesn't just, matter. What what else are we going to say about this short film? We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I what hope time you enjoyed are we it. At? We're a little over an hour. Okay, let's keep. Go. We can keep talking. Yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed listen. that film. We had a decent time, fun doing it. We did it in Pennsylvania. At Maranatha. Yeah, we already talked about all this. Why'd you cut me off? I wanted to keep talking about the other thing. <laughs> well, I I I don't know. I wasn't trying to mean I didn't mean to cut you off. I just tell me what why you think actors and YouTubers are not are different. Like what I I was giving my thoughts about it, but you brought it up. I think when it comes to viewership, especially when it comes to advertising like that, mm-hmm. it's so different today. I mean, there's YouTubers in the YouTuber sense that we think of when we think of YouTubers. Then there's people that are actors that have a decent amount of following because they are actors and people want to um, see how the actor that they watched on a big screen is in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think today when it comes to films, people, actors are required to have somewhat of a following today because that's just... Part of the normal. That's why you see them getting on YouTube. Yeah, or even like on Instagram, because when they go in for an interview, and I don't know for sure because I don't, I've never done this, but I've heard people talk about when they go in for interview and they say, "Well, oh, how many followers do you have? Are you going to be able to promote this film?" I don't think it's in? an interview. I think it's, a, I mean, like a, like a, what do they call the casting call? Yeah. Um, are you going to be able to promote this film? Are you going to be big enough to? Um, make people interested in watching this film. Do you have a following? but you're an actor, you're not a youtuber where a YouTuber has following, but they have a following because they make videos on YouTube or on yeah. Instagram, they make pic, they do pictures, they do whatever they do for that that form rather than just being an actor. I wonder who has to secede in that kind of conversation. Okay, so imagine this scenario. You got someone. They got sixty thousand people that follow them on Instagram, right? But they haven't really acted. Yeah. But they know they can act. They do like a whole, you know. Uh, they do a few line reads. They're they good. These people kind of want them. They say, "Hey, do you have a following?" They said, "Yes, actually, I have sixty thousand people that follow me on Instagram. Yeah. If I promote this, you're guaranteed to pretty much get ten thousand people to be interested in this film. You know what yeah. I mean?" That's a big number in today's world, especially for a smaller, maybe indie film. So this director who barely has any following, right? Yeah. Starts talking and being pretentious and being like, hey, are you going to be able to promote my film? If I let you in this film, will you be able to promote my film with the followers that you have? So doesn't that feel a little manipulated uh, manipulating on the director or the producer, whoever is in the casting calls part, to be like, hey, you have to use your following that you earned to promote my film if you wanna be in my film. And get paid. The- and get paid, I suppose. I guess it has to be beneficial for both, but it's it like does. a weird scenario where yeah. it's like, who secedes? Like who's the one that's coming into that situation with the both power? People, both people come with something beneficial to the other person the other person's acting, getting paid because they're acting, then one person is giving a following to that film, to that um, piece of work because they have a following because they're well known a little bit mm-hmm. it's just a weird vibe That's a, it goes back to, the industry's all weird, it, it has been for weird forever and that's why I think it's changing so dramatically, yeah I mean every year, I mean it's so easy to become an old like person in filming or to get used to one way. And then if you don't adapt, you get stuck and left behind you. There's so much, and especially in film and entertainment and everything it's, it's adapting so quick because everybody's trying to do something new. Everybody's trying to create Mm -hmm. something, the next big thing. So it's adapting so quick when it comes to entertainment and, there's a lot of people that are really well-known, big directors. When you're, you're if you're talking about directors themselves, and they weren't around during this like social media version of films and entertainment, that maybe they have a lot of knowledge about filming and that aspect, but maybe they are a little bit left behind in the social media mm-hmm. aspect of it. So, who says if? someone's left behind or not I don't know what the answer is but that's what I think it's it's easy to get left behind if you're not always trying to catch up but the problem with today is that oversaturation yeah so if you're going to catch up uh you can't stop ever and you have to be doing a lot of good work so if you want some catch up that's kind of why I think that's why we're leaning into the podcast yeah Even with films, because we know if we just made short films or even films like Dying of the Leaves, there's a pretty high chance that we won't get anywhere. Mm, Yes, for sure. Mm. There's too many people going to film festivals trying to win. We could spend a lot of money and just every year enter a new film, enter a new film, enter a new film, but I don't want to be a part of their game because I already know their game's losing. I knew that before it started losing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be a part of it. I also think we have a more entrepreneur mindset. A film entrepreneur. Film entrepreneur. He was on our podcast. We gotta start using that terminology. Film entrepreneur. Well, I would say entrepreneur because we also are trying to have businesses outside of filming. Yeah, like side hustle businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would say entrepreneur, not that's because of our mom though. Yeah. I mean it's just our mindset. Mm -hmm. It's how we were growing up, our personality per se (laughs) (laughs) our learned behavior our learned behavior per se (laughs) um i would yeah but i think that's why we're doing the podcast Mm -hmm. is because we're like at the very least we'll have an audience that we can show our films to yeah and a show like this that we can show ourselves to and enjoy the process at the most, yeah. we and create something huge that's like the net, the next generation's version of Netflix or something. Which, I'm not gonna lie, ideas swirl in my head daily. <laughs> but very doubtful. Mm-hmm. Mm, don't be the, doubt. <laughs> I'm I'm don't be the one to doubt. I'm doubting, I'm um, doubting. Don't be the one to doubt. I'm I never doubt. I just yeah. think of how, how. Okay, so what's the next film idea? Uh, I have it in my head. Do you want me to say? Because I was kind of hoping to keep this a secret because this is going to take a long time to get done. Maybe the next microfilm. Yeah. Maybe we should do something for the holidays. Maybe we put together a little Christmas thingy. Okay. okay. We, we can I, do a horror, a horror Christmas. I, I got a Santa Claus what? for us. You got a Santa Claus? I got a Santa Claus. Okay. What are we going to do with Santa? I don't know. How are we going to do something but I got a different Claus. that hasn't already been already been done with Santa Claus. Are we can do a Christmas special with I Santa. Know. But I could I get I have a Santa Claus I work with. He's an old dude. He's got a huge big white beard and even has like a he's got a cross tattooed here and then he has like some like green f- fluorescent like looks like mistletoe I tattooed on this side. I'm not kidding. He's like what? born to be Santa Claus. Did he say he wants to be in a film? I know he didn't, but I'm. You think he'd be down? Is I don't he know. chill? Yeah, he's very chill and very funny. He'd be like, so if we asked him, hey, can you show up for like four or five hours on a Saturday and film with us? He'd be doing it? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't asked him. Oh, let's try it out. We need to write a script. Christmas special. Maybe we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. We should get this guy Santa to play. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Well, that's what we're working on. Don't steal our idea. No, they won't have this guy. And we haven't given any ideas. We just said a Christmas special. Yeah. And Santa might be involved. (laughs) Man, but it's coming up quick. Better hurry up. Oh, I have an idea. (laughs) That's a little (laughs) off the wall, man. I have an idea, dude. Yeah. (laughs) If if we did this idea, I need to stop talking about it because I'm just teasing people. But if we did this idea, it'd be insane. And people would probably not know what to think of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, the other idea is going to take a long time to do so I think that kind of has to be playing in the background for a while before we talk about it I feel like there's a lot of pots and stews that are brewing in the back but if you leave them in the back too long and don't brew them they get dusty not dusty I would say they get burnt you got to keep stirring them or they're going to bur- get burnt and get throw thrown away. And stale and you're going to have to throw them away the problem is time investment.
1: We're you... young. We got time. No, no we have time. We don't have time. We, we,
0: don't, have time. we yeah. don't have time. We're, we're busy as crap. Yeah, I know. What time are we at? Time uh, to end? Yeah, we could, we could end it. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Yep, come Go, back uh, on Friday night for the midnight special. Yeah, we're gonna have Wyatt and Jamarck. Yep, we're gonna Hopefully do a little recap. Uh, We're gonna talk about more of our pointage for the Sober October, come back for that because we will be letting you know who won. That's in the midnight special? I thought that was next week's episode. Of the video podcast. Next. Well, it's, it's gonna this be midnight special, I guess. Not this one coming up, but Oh yeah. It this won't week be this week coming up, yeah. This week coming up will no, be No this this Friday. This Friday you will know who won. Wait, no. Because We're ending on Friday. Mm -hmm. That means we're going to... I guess we're going to have to end the 29th of the actual competition. Or no, we can just go into November a little bit. We're probably going to have to go into the first week of November yeah, to catch up with our schedule of filming these. Yeah. Anyway, we got more Sober October stuff coming up. October is not done. It's still very much alive. We are within the last week but we're still here we're still kicking october's not done yet happy halloween thank you for being here yeah um enjoy the holiday it's the f- one of the first holidays second holiday with covid stri- striking the thanksgiving? land thanksgiving no halloween easter was first 4th of july was next then halloween then halloween halloween's the next big uh bigger halloween. holiday we got big plans big plans don't catch cold. Don't catch COVID. Baby, it's cold out. Dress up. Have a nice and then uh. You have know a what nice comes Halloween. after Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Christmas. And Christmas. then maybe a Christmas special. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh thanks follow us on Instagram. We're trying to post clips there now. Yeah. Or again. Um. So thanks for watching. And we're here to make geeks out of ya. Yep. Bye. <laughs>